Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew. Uh, wait, is it? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We okay. back. Yeah. No, keep yeah, going. Yeah. Keep All right. Going. Keep going. Uh, the New York Rangers, New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, Cody Frankel. This is the weekend that kicks off the spring, right? Masters, MLB's in full effect. The NHL season's wrapping up. March Madness is over. NBA playoffs around the corner. Like, this is the best time of year. And uh, a lot of exciting things going on. I'm actually going to the Bruce Springsteen concert today. Cody's going for a nice brunch, like always. Uh, but what's going on, man? I'm I'm all, I'm all giddy today. I'm in a great mood. How you I doing? Know, I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah, you know why, dude? Because you don't look like a fucking giant cherry anymore. You look kind of <laughs> normal, so that's good. Um, yeah, man, just uh, just grinding. I got a bachelor party next weekend. Pretty pumped. Mm-hmm. Headed to Scottsdale. Gonna get some golf in. Get my inner uh, Jordan Spieth on, and you know, just gonna be a good time. Are you following the Masters at all, or no? Like, yes and no. I, I mm-hmm. actually wanted to follow it more, and I've just been so busy. But, like, I, I did see Tiger pulled out this morning and definitely faked an injury because he knew he wasn't <laughs> – he he was yeah, he knew he wasn't yeah. making top 20. But um, but I'm definitely going to, you know, tune into it a little bit more today and tomorrow. I also know the answer to this already, I feel like. But did you catch any of the College Hockey National Championship last night? Yeah, dude. Quinny PX smoked him. Suck did you it. watch it? Yeah, it you were about to say They won in overtime. I know, but it was awesome, dude. It was awesome. Brenda you Moore, watched? bro. Yeah, bro. It was sick, dude. Brenda Moore, bro. Young Brenda. Yeah, Moore. that was awesome. Yeah, Honestly, I bet you were. You were gonna be like, yeah, I know you fucking. You're never gonna watch that shit. I didn't think you would, but that was one of the better Frozen Fours in general. There was a lot of good talent on the ice, and yeah. I don't know if you saw, but Bobby Ryan tweeted last night like college hockey sucks or something, and I was like, dude, this is like the best college hockey game I've watched in a long time. Yeah, fucking Bobby Ryan. Well, also, dude, Luke. I saw Luke Hughes got signed by the Devils today, three year entry, yeah. or or yeah, last night, I guess, but. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, it's a good time, and and hot weather's right around the corner, so that makes me so happy. I I can't wait to like just walk around in a sweatshirt with no freaking jacket anymore. Oh, yeah. I always wear my shackets though. I'm I'm still sticking to the shacket. T-shirt shacket for me. Okay, okay. It's that kind of weather, but uh, I do want to tell in a sweatshirt. But yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm inside. Sure. <laughs> but I want I want to tell a quick story. I was in Dallas over the weekend for uh, I'm doing a Bleacher Report video that's coming out. Uh, Tuesday for the TNT game with the stars and the blues. But I don't know. I posted a video that I like got a breakaway in the practice. And I, I just want to tell the story. Like, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I do these videos and I get on the ice, like as practice is winding down. So I'm one side of the ice, like they're all the guys were like playing that game rebound, doing breakaways. Like Robertson was out there. Sagan was out there. Wyatt Johnson was out there. Uh, Joel Hanley, like all these guys doing breakaways on Scott Wedgwood. And I was talking to my buddy's dad, Mr. Bomb, Jeff Bomb, you know, who I got to know well the last like seven years, but we played together for two years down in Wichita Falls. His dad sells cars to the whole Dallas Stars team and organization. So he was there, like introducing me to everybody. Uh-huh. And he called me over to the bench. He's like, Hey Laz, this is this is Wyatt Johnson. Like Wyatt Johnson's, you know, one of the better rookies in the NHL right now, a 19-year-old kid. And we're just shooting the shit, whatever. I actually told Wyatt, I was like, yeah, I actually do this betting show and my co-host like always takes your over shots on goal prop and like he, he's won a lot of money off you. So I'm saying thank you on his behalf, which he found funny. But like I saw the guys doing breakaways and I was like, dude, what are the chances I can just like take one right now? And dude, you and, say guy, isn't he like 19 years old? <laughs> yeah. Why would I say? 
No, you're just you're just talking about it like he's this like full yeah, he's like a nineteen year old kid, <laughs> literally a nineteen year old kid, yeah. dude. He's, <laughs> like, boy. he's sick, but yeah, yeah. I was like, what are the chances I can get a breakaway right now? Like, kind of a crazy ask on my part. And he was like, dude, just take my twig and, and go. So I like that took rules. the stick and I was like, yo, Wedgwood, can I get one? He's like, yeah, come down. And Scott Wedgwood has been injured for the last couple of weeks, so I like didn't want to go down and shoot on him. So, you know, God forbid, imagine, imagine I got a breakaway and like shot the puck and fucking hit him in like the shoulder and like he was hurt or something. Oh Lord. You know? So I made, I made that move and uh, yeah, I made that move, didn't score, but definitely felt like, you know, a 10 year old kid. That was like a, a really cool experience to like get a breakaway on an NHL goalie, like in practice with fans there. It was, it was wild. Imagine so there was like a memo sent out to the NHL today to all coaches <laughs> like, please, just a reminder, do not let pedestrians <laughs> well it's actually funny because i didn't have a helmet on so they yelled at me after like yeah i get off <laughs> yeah that's great that's yeah great. That, is, that was really funny but yeah man i mean i feel like we can talk you know in detail about certain things going on with this team obviously right now anyone who's paying attention knows the rangers are two points back at the devils in the metro same amount of games yeah there's two games left carolina has three games left but They've- they have the tiebreaker right the devils have the tiebreaker so yeah. it's pretty re- yeah it's pretty relevant honestly because realistically mm-hmm. against the sabers and the leafs we're probably going to split i would assume they're going to start resting like a lot of their starters these next two games mm-hmm. and it'll kind of be a mixed bag so like realistically we'll split we're playing the devils it's it's gonna happen <laughs> like we're yeah. playing the devils it's pretty unavoidable i'm sure there's many fan questions about it or whatever so I don't know if you have anything else, but I'm down to just rip it into the fan questions. No, yeah, let's just do that. Also, we actually didn't mention, we have a great interview today with Dan O'Donoghue from the NYPD and John mm-hmm. Peretta from the FDMY. The boys. If, you've watched, if you've watched the Barstool documentary about that game, you know these are two of the brighter stars in that film. Uh, they're two good friends of ours. You know They've been playing the game for about three years, and uh, that game is coming on Saturday at UBS Arena. I'll be there, and uh, it's going to be really exciting. We should have mentioned that off the bat. I kind of just got lost and everything but Drop the ball johnny you know this game is going to be incredible it's been incredible for years and uh my mom's like putting up a hat behind what shout out uh lewisville autoplex my friend jeff bomb that's his company i talked about him before uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm at my parents place right now because we're going to bruce springsteen together tonight so they're kind of just like oh that's why you're going i was wondering i'm like there's no way he paid for it now i know good old yeah, of course good old karen scheme the system paid for it <laughs> We actually, my, we got tickets in like the 300s and my mom got upgraded. So uh, we're pumped. We're sitting in one on three and oh, uh, I'm a huge Bruce fan. This is like my sixth Bruce yeah. show. I think I think um, my father-in-law is going tonight too, actually. Really? Yeah. I'm going to come. Well, either, either my, so my brother-in-law is going and my father-in-law, but I think they're both going to separate shows. So like mm-hmm. one's going Tuesday and one's going today, maybe. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Or, or whatever, whatever his schedule is like they're, they're going separate days. Mm-hmm um but yeah let's get into fan questions sorry that my mom distracted me there Uh, the first one is a good one and it's from brandman7694 who do you think wins the stephen mcdonald award and why that's a really good question um wow um who do i think wins the stephen mcdonald reward and you go yeah you go first well i know they handed out an award for like the rod gilbert mr ranger award they handed it out a couple weeks ago to jacob truba did you see Uh that yeah, that, that's definitely new. But I think Truba wins this award as well. I think it's really hard to separate what Truba's done this year, just because I think that the turning point of the season was him throwing the helmet, him getting into a fight. You know, two fights in that game. I think he's just brought a different aspect. Maybe not as far as skill wise, mm-hmm. but as far as you know, his first season as a captain, being a leader, and helping this team figure it out because it wasn't the best start to the season. And I think Truba's leadership and actions on the ice have kind of elevated this team. 
Yeah. And that's what this award's all about, right? It's the extra effort award. It's it's taking the extra step, going the extra mile to help this team win. And I don't think a player necessarily has separated themselves this season to to like a points wise or you know performance wise to win the award. Like could have been Heedle, but he's he's really like cooled off the last twenty games or yeah. so. I mean, it's I just really have good. to think it's true, but I can't yeah. really think of anyone oh, that's else. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with you on that one. Okay, let's go into the next one. And I love this name. He asked a question last week. Chris is neck deep. Seeing the Canes struggle, do we think the Devils can take the top spot in the Metro? Listen, it's possible. Um, they both lost last night. So, you know, the, the Canes play today at the time this this episode comes out they'll they'll be playing today and they play tomorrow on Tuesday they actually have a game in hand against the Devils yeah. too so that's not ideal and they're playing i think two of their three teams is like against the Red Wings and Senators so realistically the Canes are going to win the metro it it just is what it is and and we're playing the Devils and you know i know I know a lot of Rangers fans didn't want to play the Devils and they were hoping for the Canes. Listen, the Canes by no means are going to would be an easy out. Let me tell you that. Like, you know, that we just played them two games and they beat us once, we beat them once. Both were like one goal games, I think. Like, either way, it's going to be a crapshoot and I think we just got to get prepared for the Devils. Like, we just, yeah. you know, they had our number this year, they did, but playoffs, man. Playoffs and and you know, I I think they just need to get ready for these guys. I think we have more talent. We have a better team. We have better goaltending. We just need to show up and play. I agree. And had the Devils beaten Boston on Saturday night, I'd think differently. But because yeah. they didn't win that game, like they would have jumped the, the Canes in the standings and yeah. it would have yeah. been different. But the game in hand, you know, and, and yeah. the point ahead, I think the Canes have it. You said it perfectly. I'm, I'm not even going to add to it. Yeah. Um, let's go into the next one from Ak. Oh, I accidentally just wait. Let me do that again. <laughs> uh, I think I just deleted it, actually. Uh, no, right there. Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman. Harper or Nico? Nico as in Mikola. Yeah, I mean Mikola. I think Mikola has been playing pretty good for us, honestly. Mm-hmm. And and didn't he just score? Didn't he just Yeah, he yeah, scored he against scored. the Blue Jackets last night. Um, you know, he's he's a big bodied guy, he's a stay at home defenseman, and I think he's exactly the kind of D man you want in the playoffs. And fun little tidbit, the Rangers defense was struggling for a while. In the last month, they haven't let one they haven't let up in one game over three goals. They have mm-hmm. not let up four goals in a game in, in their last like 14 or 15 games, maybe even more, maybe 16 or 17. So like defense is, you know, defense is playing better. They just got lingering back too. And and I, I kind of like the the way they're trending. What was your initial reaction to that five minute major call on Mikola? I, I mean, it was, it was kind of warranted. I think. Think so. I, well, I, I mean, so here, so here's my thought after talking to Dave Jackson, I understand why they called it a five. Yeah. Fives are reviewable, but yeah. man, he, he like, was standing his ground and Robinson fucking ducked his head and skated right into Mikola's ass. Yeah. I mean, I mean only like after understanding the rule a little better and talking to Dave, I'm like, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of warranted. Like it's just the, it's the rules, but it's, it's, it's stupid. Like you shouldn't get a five minute major unless you take somebody's fucking head off. Well, they, I mean, they ended up switching the call, but like the yeah. initial call was a five, you know, yeah. I, I just, I saw that and I was yeah. like, no, like, no, I, I think like, I don't fucking know. I thought it was like, they were both going for the puck. That yeah. was a clean play. With the playoffs coming, just like seeing that kind of call this late in the season, I'm a little afraid of how the referees are going to handle the playoffs because you know we've talked about it before. There's going to be a controversial call in every series, and I'm just, of course, dude, of course, you know. it, it happens every single series, and and the unfortunate nature of things are we know one call is coming against us. It always does. And we just got to hope that it goes against the devils too. Honestly, like we just gotta, we just gotta hope and uh playoff refereeing is not an easy job. 
But at the same time, like they got to be like with goal interference, goalie interference. Like if that happens, cause it happened like four different games last season in the first round. I mean, you know, there's got to be like more defined and clear evidence yeah. to overturn stuff. And we just need to, just need to, need to throw up a prayer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll be raging about it at some point throughout the playoffs, yeah. but we know it's going to come. Let's go into the next one. Oh, I'm also team Nico Mikula for sure over Harper. Um, I just think, I think Mikula provides more offensively. I know he hasn't really scored much, but I, I just am more confident when he has the puck than when Harper does. You know, I think they're both as physical, both as big, but Mikula to me, and I know he hasn't looked great because he's been playing a lot with Foxy and they just haven't gotten the chemistry down, but yeah. I definitely trust Mikula more back there. Let's go into Bam Daniels. Should Shesty be a finalist for the Vesna? This is a really tough question. I don't think he should. Not this year. I mean, like, he had a good year. No doubt about it. He had a good year. Uh, even a very good year. But did he have a spectacular year or, or a great year, an incredible year? Like, no. I mean, he didn't. You know, he's... I, I mean, in, in GAA, what is he? I think he's, like, 10th or something like that. You know, like, Olmark is obviously going to win it. He's yeah. been unreal, but... Then you have a lot. I, I mean, you have a lot of other good goaltenders too who have had like really, really solid years. And you know, like Gustafson has had a really good year for Minnesota. Um, obviously, Auntie Ranta has had a really good year for Carolina too. Um, he he's only played like twenty six games though, so it is what it is. But then Sorokin, I know, I know, fans, Ranger fans are are for sure not going to like to hear it, but mm -hmm. he's had a really good year. Um, Six Sam, shutouts. Yeah, Samsonov. Freddie Anderson, who's always have a good year. Like you're just naming he, every starting goalie. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm naming every guy right now who's has a better GAA than Igor. I mean, no. there's you know Jake Ottinger. That's been your pick from from day one. But yeah. um, you know, I, Igor Igor did have a really really good year. He started off a little shaky, and he's been playing great. He's 37 and 13. I mean, he's he's mm -hmm. I think he's second in the league in wins. So like or third, third maybe third. Oh, behind Georgiev. Fucking prick. Yeah. Um, How funny is that? Georgiev's second in the fucking league in wins. 38 it's crazy yeah but he also yeah. has the league's best defense in front of him or one of them but mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean listen you can make the case right you can make the case um but i think like it's probably gonna be knowing how the league rolls it's probably gonna be Olmark, gustafson and sorokin it's probably gonna be those three i think so i i actually i agree with that with that three i don't I don't necessarily know if Gustafson's in there because he split the net with Flurry for most of the season. You're um, right? No, he did. I mean, he he only yeah. has 37 games, so it's like it, it's tough to kind of assess. Um, yeah. it's definitely the thing with Igor though. If I can just cut in for one second, like yeah. Igor was not consistent throughout the entire season, but he's found his game in this last like yeah. six weeks or so, and he's really increased his numbers in those six weeks. So it's kind of misleading. You know yeah. his numbers. I bet I think on this year, like if I'm looking at the final three for the Vesna right now, I'm thinking Olmark obviously the lock at one. I think Sorokin's yeah. two, and I think Ottinger's three. I think Ottinger has just been more consistent throughout the really? entire season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, he has carried. See, I disagree with that, dude. Can I tell you why I disagree? Yeah, with that? go. Igor's thirty-seven, thirteen, and seven. Ottinger's thirty-five, eleven, and eleven. Okay, he mm -hmm. has twenty-two losses there. Fine, whatever. GAA Andre has the slight edge. Um, you know, save percentage, he's 918 to 915, but I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's you you can see kind of the case that this is the problem, right? You have Olmark's the lock at one, and then anywhere from 
two to seven, you could throw in six names there. Yeah. I mean, you could um, also make a case for UC Soros. I know Nashville is like not necessarily a playoff team right now, but yeah. Soros leads the league in goals saved above expected. He's got 44.8 goals saved above expected. So if you look at that number too, that's a, that's a big telling or telltale sign as well. Yeah. The one, yeah. two, three in that order is Soros, Omar, Sorokin. And Igor's fifth in that category. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so, how does Georgiev have five shutouts? It's fucking ridiculous. Colorado's so good. Yeah. But so, yeah, this is a great question. Um, you know, I feel like we can talk about this for a long time, but we gotta get moving here. Yeah, uh, but dude, sorry. Speaking of Colorado, bro, they're starting to scare me a little bit because yeah. for a long time, they not even like, dude, for a long time they were out of it and like whatever. And now they're creeping up. They're on a four-game heater. They're like eight and two in their last ten. They have 102 points. They're creeping up there, and they're in first place in the West right now, behind. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, sorry, in the Central, not the West. Um, but they're they're creeping up, dude. They're starting yeah. to. Scare me a little bit. And Kale, Kale and Landskog aren't even playing yet. So wait till Crazy, they get back. Dude. Hopefully. But let's out. go into the next one. Great question from Bam. This is from Phil Tyka. Is Kreider the best tip and scorer in the league? I don't think so. I mean, uh, to me, I, I, don't, I don't think so either. Well, I'm also just biased. Like Joe Pavelski is always going to be the best tip and guy, I think, as long as he's playing. Like Joe Pavelski is one of the best net front guys, I think, probably in NHL history. I mean, Kreider yeah, is definitely I mean, up there. Kreider's up there. Kreider would be top three. I think Pavelski is a, a great example of someone who's he's pretty damn near automatic. Mm -hmm. Oshi's um, up there as well. Maybe old Oshi. Yeah, mean, there's I, no, I, I there's no stat. I, I don't think there's a stat for this. I know. Can, like, I know. I know. You, I mean, listen. You can make the case. Is is he a very, very, very good net front presence? Absolutely. You know, I I would say for sure he's he's top three, top four. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Good, good question. Uh, he's definitely evolved in that position. So yeah, good to see. Uh, let's go into the next one. This is from my mom, Karen Laz. Oh, What's up yeah. with your hair? <laughs> Literally nobody knows. It looks like yeah. a fucking Furby, dude. Um, I asked for the two on the side, faded into the top. You didn't laugh at that, bro? That your hair looks like a fucking Furby, bro? Yo, throw a side-by-side -side image, dude. What's a Furby? Oh my God, dude. Look at a Furby. You'll start cracking up. But I, we didn't talk about it on the recording. Alan Han and I go to the same barber. So if my hair is bad. No, I, mean, I don't think it works like that. Probably not. Uh, but thanks, mom. I appreciate it. Let's go into the next one from my boy, Anthony Governale 19. Great question. The kid line is playing more consistently. Great four check buzzing. Which kid is best? This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. And I'm going to say something that surprises you. I think in the past 30 games, Kako has been the best. Okay. So I agree with you. Like I think, completely. I think it's been pretty obvious that he has a different type of edge to his game. He's scoring more and he is playing physical hockey right now. And that's what we can ask for. And also shockingly, I'm going to say laugh is second. I think Kittle has really, really cooled off in these last 30 mm -hmm. games. I mean, if you look at the stats, I think he has like, what does he have? Eight points in his last 30 games, nine points. Uh, the last 10 I'm looking at right now, Lafreniere oh, yeah, has two three. goals, five assists. Hedl has two goals, four assists. And Kako has five goals, one assist. Yeah. So, I mean, Laf has the most points, I'm just saying. But I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I think in, in terms of noticeable, like, you know, Laf, Laf always, un unless he's doing that dirty-ass move, then he's always a little tough to, to be noticed sometimes. But, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Kako. I agree. I think Kako's become such a complete player. Like defensively, also, he's been really good. Like back checking has a great stick. Like I'm, I've been really impressed with Kako. And I think, you know, honestly, had he 
sorry, my microphone's all fucked up. Had Kako been able to produce a little bit more in the beginning of the season, like, like, and, and I'm going to get flamed for this, whatever, but like Kako could have easily had 70 points this season, like easily had he, like he, he missed so many good chances, I think early in the year and the Rangers weren't so really that's wrong. goals. Huh? <laughs> Dude, he's got, what does he, he got? Probably could have had, if he didn't miss all that shit, he probably could have had 55. Let's, let's temper expectations here. You're saying every Maybe single shot he missed it was 70 points. Come on, dude. Fox doesn't even have 70 points. Let's, let's settle down here. Fox has 71 points. All right. Fox <laughs> 71, Fox 71 points. And you're saying, you're saying Kako could have matched him. He I just, don't think so. I don't know, man. Like, I that's think like had Kako- if Heedle didn't, that's like saying if Heedle didn't go on kind of like a bender the last 20 games, he could have had 70 points too. Yeah, well, also Kako was playing with Zabanjan and Kreider for a lot of the year early on. Like they were playing so well together. I thought those three. I don't know. I just I happen to love Capo Kako's game, and I think the numbers aren't there. But if you're just doing eye tests, he's so noticeable and he does so many things right. Like I really do love his game. All right, all right. Next one from NY Rocky ninety three. Another loyal, another loyal questioner, question asker. I still don't know how to phrase that. Uh, and let me just update my mic a little bit. And he wants to know, in your opinion, how much does experience in the playoffs matter? I think it's everything. Honestly, I think it's everything. You you saw like inexperienced teams can can get far in the playoffs. You saw it yeah. last year with us, but then you saw we lost to Tampa because Tampa was way more experienced and they out they out maneuvered us and they outlasted us in terms of endurance and and kind of wore us down and we're grinding it out and that's what that's what experienced playoff teams do. However, I think that experience was so valuable for this team. And now we got two guys in who have both won cups, won multiple cups. And I think experience is going to matter a lot, especially in this matchup with the Devils. I will, I will leave it at that. Are you living in my head right now? Rent free? Yes. Well, I was going to, no, I was literally going to say, I think if, if anything, last year showed us it doesn't matter in the first two rounds. Like experience does not matter until the games become, you know, conference final, Stanley Cup final. You know, first two rounds, there's no pressure necessarily if you're just a team that's happy to be there, right? Like the Rangers last year, you know, the goal was to basically make the playoffs before the season started. That's what Drury said, right? Like we expect to be a playoff team. That was the goal. And to win a round was a little bit of an extra bonus. But then, you know, after the deadline, it became somewhat of a standard. And, you know, this year the Devils are a similar team, right, where they're happy happy to be back in the playoffs. No one really expects them to go so far. So the experience doesn't necessarily matter so much. But as the rounds go on later and later and the grind continues to wear down your body, that's when it matters yeah. most, right? Like that's yeah. what the Rangers learned last year. And that's why teams don't necessarily go on these runs right away when they're young. They, they lose and they lose and they lose. And then they learn how to win. And that's when they win the Stanley Cup. So like the Avalanche you know, I, are, are a perfect yeah, example there. Nine years it took them to win the Stanley Cup. You know, like they're, like you said, the prime example. Even Chicago, like they lost before they won. You know, all these teams had to get there and figure it out before they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. St. Louis Blues, another team that made conference finals and didn't win. And then they, you know, go on that run in 2019. But yeah, you know, I think experience doesn't matter early on, but the further you go, that's when it really comes into play. Yeah. Um, so you said it perfectly. I wanted to reiterate it because that's like the exact thing I was thinking of saying. And uh, we're agreeing a lot today. This is, this is new for us. This I don't know. Weird. But this is a Cody question for sure. This is from DPAR518. Miller has 42 points and three are on the power play. How does Drury get it done? Get the contract done? He has 43 points, by the way. Nine goals, 34 assists. Get the contract done, you're saying? Yeah. Here, here's the re- reality of it. I, I truly think one of La- Laffey and, and Miller are going to get offer sheeted 
you know, we're, we're kind of strapped. We, we signed in Heedle, which is great. Um, I think that's really important to have our top three centers locked in for a long time. You know, Miller, and I've said this a lot, he's very inconsistent when he is lights out. He's honestly looks like he could be the next superstar in the league. And then when he makes a really dumb play, you're like, this guy sucks. Um, so it, it's very, you know, it's very like hit or miss. That being said, the majority of the time he he is a very valuable defenseman for this team. I think it's important they get the job done with him. All that said, I I, I could see them giving him a similar deal to Hito, but maybe like 0.5 more. So I, I'm going to say 4.75, four years. And I think that would leave them enough to get Loft too. The only problem is I could see somebody offer sheeting him. So I, I it's 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 gonna be tough. I, I honestly don't know. It's kind of changed and it and it also matters how they perform in playoffs, right? Let's mm-hmm. say the Rangers go on a crazy run and we win the cup and, and these guys show up, like that's gonna inflate their numbers. It's mm-hmm. gonna inflate their numbers. So um right now I'll say four years, four point seven five. Okay. I love it. Let's go into the next one. Lauren Khaleesi. And this is one we were talking about this. You, we were talking about this earlier this morning. Uh, Lauren said, I think Tarasenko should be on PP1 and not Kane. Yep. Thoughts? I could not agree more. I think Tarasenko and, and Zabanjad on the same unit is so scary. They're both snipers. They're both huge shooting threats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think if we've seen, agree. yeah, I think if we've seen anything, you know, in the couple games without Kane, Tarasenko scored in the power play, I think. Uh, back to no, not back to back games, but I know he had one. We've talked about this on so many episodes, pr- like recently, that when teams take away Mika as that one time threat, everyone else is a little bit, is a little bit more hesitant to shoot. Yeah, Vladimir Tarasenko after Zabanjad is the biggest scoring threat on this team. I don't care what anyone says. It's not yep. Kane. It's not Kreider. It's not Fox. It's not Panarin. It's Vladimir Tarasenko. So if you have those two on the first power play unit instead of Patrick Kane, and listen. We love Patrick Kane. He's a great playmaker. Is he yep. a shooter? Not really. So I think that just opens up so much more space for Panarin, for Kreider, for Fox to create if they're taking away Uzbanjad or taking away a Tarasenko. If you ask me, I think your first power play unit obviously has to be the best. And listen, having a second unit of Trocek, Lafreniere, Hedl, Kane, and Truba or Miller, whoever you want to throw back there, isn't so bad. So I think Tarasenko should 100% be on power play one. I said it, I think, for the last like three weeks. And, uh, you know, hopefully they figure that out because right now that's the only thing that's lacking with this team is their power play consistency. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you said it really well. And I think if this team wants to make a run and get past a team like the Boston Bruins who are, you know, producing historical numbers right now, you got it. You, you need to capitalize on the power play because Allmark's been having an unreal year and, and they don't let up many goals. That's, that's the one thing about them. Like, they don't score that much. They really don't. They don't score. You know, they, they, I think since March 9th, they haven't scored more than four goals or something like that. But they don't let in many goals. So if you want to kind of figure that out, got to start producing on the power play. And, and you know, Tarasenko on there is, is for sure a good start on, on mm-hmm. PP1. So it's crazy to think that the Rangers power play was like fourth in the league last year. And it was essentially the same, but you had Ryan Strom in there. And now with Tarasenko and Kane and all this talent, they can't seem to figure it out. It's a, it's nuts. It's bizarre. Are you holding in a yawn? <laughs> yeah. <I have. laughs> all right. This is the last no question. Mind over matter, bro. Mind over matter. Good shit. You're mentally so strong. <laughs> uh, last question. This is from JT Pranito. 
playoff viewing parties. So we've been in discussion. Nothing solidified yet because we're waiting for the playoff schedule to come out. But we're looking at tailgate in Brooklyn in Williamsburg, uh, yep. which is close to my apartment. It's an outdoor sports Convenient. bar. Convenient. Yeah, well, it's my favorite sports bar, but it's an outdoor bar. There's like turf, uh, you know, drinking games like uh, what's it called when you toss the beer? Cornhole, line? you freaking cornhole. Uber. Yeah, cornhole, like beer pong, all that kind of shit. It's a great outdoor spot. So we're looking at like a Saturday or Sunday game to have yeah. like an afternoon outdoor viewing party. Yeah. And then also talking to Moynihan Food Hall, which is like right near MSG, about doing like a four to six pregame kind of meetup. Yep. Uh, for the first home game. So that would either fall on like Friday or Saturday. We're going to try to figure that one out. That could be like game four even. Um, but nothing will be set in stone until the playoff schedule comes out. But those mm-hmm. are the two spots that we're thinking of. It's Tailgate in Williamsburg and Moynihan Food Hall, which is right near MSG. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably have more of an idea on the next episode. But any other places you want to throw in the mix, Cody? I don't know. No. No, I have nothing I, to contribute. I also don't know if I told you, 13 Step doesn't exist anymore. They changed it. They rebranded. What the fuck? Yeah, it's called Downtown Social now. I went last weekend. Dude, I meant to text what? You. I meant to text you. Yeah. That's fucking wow. We put it's them fun, though. Business, huh? Had a good time. Um. So regular season ends April 13th. Yeah. I would assume playoffs will start. It's, it's a week from today, a week from Monday. Playoffs start on April 17th? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so so maybe game four would be the move because yeah. game four will be a weekend. So hopefully game four is on a Saturday, and uh, that would be sick because we'll be home too, most likely. So yeah. it'll it'll be crazy for all those who can't go to the game. Yeah, so um, you know that's going to wrap it up for fan questions. I think we should send it over to John Peretta first with the FGMY, then Dan O'Donohue. Uh, great guys. You know, this game means so much to everybody, and uh, I'm really excited to watch it and really excited for all you guys to hear it. So let's send it over to John Peretta. This week on the Blue Crew, it's a very special episode. We're going to be interviewing a friend from the FDNY and the NYPD, but we're starting it off with our boy from the FDNY. He played college hockey at Wagner. He is engine 280 and ladder 132. I want to make sure I got that right, but welcome to the Blue Crew, Ranger fan. FDNY member, uh, fighter, and uh, overall fucking unit, John Peretta. John, what's going on, man? Or JP, what do you go by? Uh, John's fine, JP, whatever you want. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I feel like it's a long time coming. We know you're a big Ranger fan, and you uh, always engage with our stuff, and we really appreciate it. And, you know, obviously it's a big week coming up. We're recording this on March 28th, but the game is April 15th, right, at UBS? Yeah, April 15th, UBS. I'll be and, there, and I'm excited. I, I don't know who I'm rooting for yet, stash, bro. But <laughs> I see you got the playoff stash. Yeah, yeah. The boys, um, the boys do it every year, so we try to get mm-hmm. as many as many guys as we could to get the uh, get the stash going. I don't know who I'm rooting for yet in the game, though, because you know the fire department's near and dear to my heart, but the NYPD is the ones who can pull me over, so I want to kiss their ass a little you're, bit. You're right, rightfully so. Right. So there's pros and cons. Yeah, I got to figure that out. But let's just oh. let's go right into it, right? How many uh, years have been playing this game? I know you obviously had that big fight a couple years ago. We'll dive into that a little bit later. But what number is this for you, this game? Uh, this is game number three. So I'll have four years on the fire department in, in uh, May. And the uh, COVID kind of threw a wrench in the first mm-hmm. one. Three. This is my third game. And is there any difference from game one to game three going in like obviously you're a little more nervous i imagine the first year 
but now going into your third year in this big game and, you know, people that are listening, this is like, you know, I played against the FDMY and the NYPD in men's league and it's not a fucking <laughs> men's league game. It's, it's a full blown hockey game. So I imagine the emotions are they a little bit higher, a little bit less than your experience now, you know, what are your emotions going into this game? Yeah. So I guess, you know, you try to, you know, with everything you try to, you know, get better as the years progress. So the first game in MSG was kind of like a whirlwind, you know, like you're not, uh, you're kind of just in awe of everything. So last year was a bit better my second game. And then this year I'm trying to just, you know, stay, stay calm because it, uh, <laughs> it's a big game. Obviously it's our big game. So you try to just, uh, stay calm and try to make plays when you're, you know, when you're, uh, trying not to get buried also. That's a, that's a big thing. Yeah, totally. What's up, John? How's it going, man? Um, <laughs> in here because Johnny likes giving like seven minute intros. So, um, anyways, (laughs) what's the rivalry like between the two of you? Um, you know, you guys, and then obviously NYPD and and how important is winning this game to each department each year? Yeah. So this is, you know, this is our game seven of the Stanley cup. Uh, this we skate, we have a, you know, a pretty hectic schedule throughout the year. We started around September and we skate all the way up until the big game. Um, mm. So the rivalry is just, like I said, it's our game seven. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to put into words. You know, we're working all year towards this one goal. And the fact that it's, you know, a few weeks away is wild. So um, I think we, you know, both departments respect what each other does on the, you know, every day, putting our lives on the line. Uh, mm. We have a great respect for the cops. But I think all bets are off once we get on the ice, you know. Until you're fighting them. Until you're fighting them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, can you give us the day-to-day of what – well, first of all, you mixed your job in with the training for the game. Like, what is the day-to-day, you know, a month out, two months out, or wherever you're in now? The schedule at the firehouse is pretty hectic. So you're there maybe, you know, three, four days a week. Uh, we usually do around 24-hour shifts. Um, oh, wow. So between that and I'd say – I think late November we started skating. We practiced twice a week. Um mm. So between that and games on the weekends, it could get pretty busy. A lot of a lot of us work side jobs throughout the year, so we kind of put that put that uh, towards the wayside to kind of focus up. So we all try to stay in the gym and stay in shape as best we could to uh, to prepare for the game. What's your What's your side job? So I work construction. So mm. you know, just trying to learn that aspect to feel like it could benefit me later in life. But yeah, doing construction and then just you know, go, going back and forth between the firehouse. Do you guys leave everything on the ice during the game or do the No, they don't continue? try. The fuck kind of do question do is they, that? No, can you let me talk? That'd be nice. <laughs> um, or do the chirps continue off the ice, you know, after the game, before the game, leading up to the game and things like that? Uh, in my in my experience, I think after uh, after the final buzzer goes off, I think it's all, you know, kind of I'd say if there's no shenanigans during the game, I'd say the handshake line is pretty cordial. You know, you just mm, – uh, yeah. you know, this big – this big game that we've been looking forward to since, you know, the night after the last game was finished. I think, you know, it's kind of just the culmination of all your hard work and I'm a nice guy in the handshake line, I'd say. Well, you missed out on the handshake line in your first game. You went right yeah. to the room. <laughs> so you only, you only had one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but can you talk about that moment too? Cause I think it was what, like a seven, four game. And were you just like, fuck it. I got to make my mark. In this yeah. Game. Um, what moment also <laughs> for people who don't know. True. Well, just yeah, you can tell the whole story, John. I don't want to tell it for you. Yeah. um, No, so it was my first game and I got into a little scrap at the end. Um, Not a little scrap. It was a, it was a fucking, there were haymakers thrown. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. um, It was a pretty tight game. The first two periods. Um, No, we kind of broke through in the third. Um, And I was, there was a few scruffles during the game. 
and I kept getting into it with one guy and he was kind of getting after some of our older guys and stuff. So, I, you know, I was trying to, we spoke about it, you know, maybe fighting. So the stars luckily aligned. So it was like the coach put me out the last minute and I realized he was out there and we kind of just came together in front of the mm-hmm. net. We're going to throw that clip over this right now. Cause that fight was, you're, you're underselling it. I mean, it was, it was fucking awesome. Like I remember sitting on my couch watching that on TV and I was like, Holy shit. Like this is like, they're going at it, man. Like it was, yeah. you know, a full like NHL tilt and MSG, like a sold out MSG. I mean, that's gotta be the coolest feeling ever. And, you know, I know Cody's never been to a fight because he's a little bitch, but I fought <laughs> twice in juniors and you had that big fight. But who'd you, you know, your fight? fight? Your fucking kindergarten teacher? No, I was I was 0-2 in, in my junior career, but not surprising John, at all. Can you talk about just like I'm sure you blacked out during it, but like yeah. how many times have you watched the replay of that fight and you're just like, Holy shit, I can't believe that's me. Yeah, it's wild. Um it was definitely, you know, definitely up there in the top top few moments of my life and hockey career especially. Um mm-hmm. it was just you know, kind of a combination of, you know, us having words and, you know, me not having the best game. I was like, all right, I got to, my first game, I got to do something to get the boys mm-hmm. going a little bit, even if it's at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, it's wild. Even looking back on it now, it's just, uh, it's crazy. Especially we had um, like Bucci on the call with yeah. Ryan and Kevin Weeks. Like it was just. Linda yeah. too, I think, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, you know, just ridiculous. Um, the call on the ice was pretty hilarious and it was just like, <laughs> having my family there. It was just like a cherry on top. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going to win most important thing. So, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, and I wanted on the record, I would put Johnny in a fucking body bag, but, um, <laughs> anyways, how did you get into hockey as a kid and you know, how big of an impact would you say the Rangers have had on your life? And, uh, you know, I'm sure you played, leading up and you played at Wagner obviously so I'm sure you played you know post college you're playing now like where did you where did that transition kind of come into play of you wanting to become a firefighter yeah so I uh I grew up with two older brothers um my dad was a Ranger fan obviously uh it, it just started from immediately you know when I was born pretty much uh, my two older brothers are 10 and 7 years older so they're already already skating and stuff my dad uh, grew up in Brooklyn and he was a firefighter as well so that kind of just, you know, paved the way for me, I'd say. Uh, so mm-hmm. I started playing hockey right away, stayed local, and then I started playing juniors. I think, Johnny, you actually played for the Moose as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I played for the Moose um, with a few guys that are on the team now, actually. So just like, you know, life comes full circle. It's great. Sean Gargan and Joe Gahuli, I'm not sure if you know him. but Joe Gahuli is a fucking legend. Legends. Legend. Yeah. Uh, so it's their two first years on the team. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just awesome having those guys around. I'm extremely close to both of them. So I know just, Gargan too, I should say that, but I don't really know him that well. Gahuli. Yeah. 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 Legend. Absolute yeah. legend. He's an animal. So yeah, um, grew up with two older brothers playing hockey. Uh, that kind of paved the way for me. And my dad becoming a firefighter, he, uh, he obviously had a big impact on that for me. Yeah, pretty normal stuff, I'd say. Did he play in the game? My dad? Yeah. Um, no. So he, uh, he grew up in Brooklyn. He like played really like roller hockey up until later in life until mm-hmm. he got the fire department. So he was more mm-hmm. of a roller player and, the his, you know, me and my brothers were the ice players. No, I just said you're roller too. You love, you know, roller, I do love roller. Brooklyn yeah. bridge and, you know, I'm a roller guy. selfies and all, yeah. all the whole work. So. <laughs> well, well, John, how many, I, I think, I don't even know this answer. How many years does this game go back? It's like 40 years, right? It's been yeah, a long so time. This is the game in a few weeks is the 49th game. Wow. wow. What's so next year, I imagine, is going to be insane. Yeah, next year. So this was a good little uh, 
you know, obviously Barstool picking us up, that's great. So this year, hopefully it goes well. And, you know, next year, the 50th year really uh, set off some fireworks. Yeah, no, I imagine it will. I mean, I was actually, I was talking to Grinelli last week and he's like super pumped uh, for this game. And I know that documentary is coming out, I believe the week of the game. So this is this episode's gonna come back out the week of the game also, so it'll be a cool little preview up for the game. And Cody, have you ever been or, or watched? No, the game? I was just gonna say, when is the game? April fifteenth. Yeah, the fifteenth. I would love I, to go if I wasn't I, in Arizona. Damn. Oh, sick. Arizona, that's your party. What up? Um, yeah. All right. So, anyways, um, what's what's the overall score? Like, do you guys? Um, I mean, obviously, keep tally. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the overall score. That I got to get back to you on, but I think. Are we, you guys up? You guys have won like five in a row, right? Yeah, so we're going for six. We're going for six. Damn. Do you guys have any like studs on your team? Like super – like is there anyone on your team that's still just like unreal? Yeah, Yeah, Zay. Um, He played with uh, Dan on Mm -hmm. the – they played at Mercyhurst together. So those are the kind of two guys that are pretty pretty nasty above all else – above everyone else. Uh, Zay is like – watching him when we practice is – it's you know pretty special. Like he's a great player. We'd never tell him that, but <laughs> he's a good guy, a good yeah. player, good guy. So it's uh, yeah. nice to have a guy like that on the team, obviously. And then we have a bunch of other guys that play D three, and like you know pretty high juniors. So it's you know there's some good guys out there. Is there any difference? You know, obviously the two games you played in previously, ones at Madison Square Garden, ones at UBS Arena. Did you feel a different kind of energy having one be an MSG? I know there was a lot more hype around that game because of ESPN. Yeah, but. I guess the overall vibe of the buildings, you know, what was your feeling in those games? So it's kind of tough to uh, draw comparisons because that year was the, the COVID was still kind of a thing for mm-hmm. the MSG game. So it was sold out, but the building wasn't, you know, every seat taken up uh, because they, you know, they were asking for vaccine cards at the door and stuff yeah. compared to last year at UBS was like crowded, packed out. So that was, it's tough to draw comparisons, but the UBS is like, that atmosphere was amazing everyone last year. So I can only imagine, you know, being at the garden and being every crowd, every, every seat packed out. I can't mm-hmm. imagine how that would be, but UBS last year was pretty awesome. What's the uh, game day routine on, on the big day? Game day and meal. And meal. Yeah. So it kind of uh, varies. I try to, you know, I, this year I'm actually trying to be good, you know, like, what do you have pizza normally or something? No, no, not even. Just like in terms of getting the legs going, and you know, because there's so much stuff to do that day. Like, you know, we're bringing stuff to the rink and this and that. A lot of the stuff is done by us still. Like they hand out journals at, mm-hmm. at the game. Like every seat has one, or they hand them out the door. I'm not too sure, but like we're doing that the day of, kind of packing out our cars, bringing them to the arena, and it's kind of like a whirlwind. But um, I'd say the you know the steady pregame routine is uh. All the Staten Island guys grab dinner Friday night, you know, have a nice Italian dinner and kind of just talk about the year and get ready for the game the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say that's pretty much the staple of the big game the last three years for me. Um, are you dinner. a Staten Island guy? Yeah, I am. Oh, my God. You, I didn't even realize you are the king of Staten Island. That's yeah, oh my, yeah. <laughs> How often do you get that? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, grab some dinner with the boys and then kind of mm-hmm. just – try to sleep that night, which doesn't usually happen because, you know, like I said, it is obviously our game seven. So, yeah. I can, you know, it's tough to get some sleep, but have a yeah. few glasses of wine that night th- this year. Maybe that'll put me asleep. So we'll see. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like you guys won five straight. I mean, 
you know, NYPD after each one of those games must just be like just thinking about it and itching for it the next year to like try and, you know, try and break that streak. Um, that's pretty awesome. I, I just got one more from you for you on my end. Um, so I guess, you know, you've, you're obviously a big Rangers fan. You've been watching the team all season. I'm sure like what's your thoughts leading into playoffs and, you know, you think this is the year for the boys. I hope, obviously we all hope the fact that they nailed down those two trades at the end of the year, obviously Mm -hmm. huge where, you know, so there was definitely going to be some growing pains when they first got here. So I think, you know, we're kind of tightening up the play and we look good. I mean, we just got to get hot at the right time. So I like, you know, I like our chances obviously this year. It just depends if we get hot. Igor has kind of been, you know, popping off lately. So hopefully it continues that lean in the playoffs. I got, I got a couple more for you unless Cody have a follow up. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I agree with that. And I, I feel like this year it's kind of trending towards if they can get out of round one, I feel really, really good. But obviously, you know, they're either going to get matched up against Carolina or the Devils, which are two very good teams, probably the second and third best teams in the entire league right now. Um, yeah. You know, us being like fifth or sixth or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I have that inkling, like if they can get out of that first round, I feel really, really good. And last year too, you know, it was, there was not a lot of pressure on us. You know, no one really expected us to have There that. is now. There, there is, is now. now. Exactly. So hopefully, we're, you know, hopefully the Rangers respond and, you know, they make a, they make a deep run. That'd be nice. I have one more question about just the, the you know, the big game against the NYPD. Are there any, you know, emotional speeches before the game in the locker room? Like I like th- this goes back, you know, so long. And I remember, you know, the ESPN game, obviously it was, I think it was the 20 year anniversary of 9-11. And I'm sure a lot of your teammates in this game and your opponents in this game were impacted, you know, by that day. Are there any like heartfelt traditions or, or stories like that, that get super deep? Yeah. So I, so every year um, we have a ton of people come into our locker room, you know, before it's time to get going. Mm-hmm. And we present like whether it be, you know, families of fallen firefighters, you know, wives, um, children, we present, I think we do about three or four checks every year that we present to these families. I wasn't expecting it my first year um, because I didn't really obviously know what, you know, what went on. But we had about like, I think five or six families of, you know, fallen firefighters and first responders in the locker room. And we presented them with checks, you know, they kind of spoke to us and it was just got you right in the fields, you know, it yeah. was, you know, and then that goes on, you know, obviously everyone's, I'm a big softy, I'm in tears in the locker room <laughs> yeah. and like, it's just, and then all of a sudden you got to turn it on and then the game starts in 20 minutes. So you need a balance obviously, but mm-hmm. the speeches and stuff are just like, you know, electric. We all run a, want to run through a brick wall after them yeah. and, you know, kind of seeing yeah. these families and, Cause at the end of the day, we are representing them um, mm-hmm. We're representing the whole department and you know, the, the guys, the men and women that lost their lives, you know, in the line of duty, like whether it be cop, fireman, EMT, whatever, first responder, you know, and yeah, yeah. we take that seriously. You know, we know we, we represent more than ourselves. I think that's one of the great things about this game. Yeah. There's so much more emotion and, and just, you know, different depths to this game. And, and that's, I think, you know, as a player, I've never been in that situation. Like, I can't imagine going from, you know, such a high to like, you know, a crazy, just emotional experience. And then, you know, I just wanted to follow up like to that same point, like after the game, you know, you've won both, 
you know, the emotions after the game, is it, is it still somewhat deep like that or is it all celebration and the beers are flowing and, and stuff like that? I'd say we try to keep it, you know, pretty lighthearted afterwards. Uh-huh. Um, you know, got all the heavy stuff out of the way, you know, beforehand and kind of just we all take a second after the game for sure, but it's it's uh, the beers are flowing. And it's yeah, just, I imagine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then before we uh, send it over to your rival for that night, Dan O'Donoghue from the NYPD, are there any chirps you want to throw at him or any stories? Any stories you want to tell too before we kind of wrap this up? Like, is there one um, specific thing? Story-wise, I'm not too sure. I think just, you know, we have such a great, great team this year and like such a heavy bond that, you know, like the dog days of the season, I should say, um, mm-hmm. aren't, aren't so bad. You know, we're excited to come to the rink, you know, most days and, have fun with the boys, have a few beers afterwards, but I think we're in a good spot, this team, and, you know, we're ready to get after it. And I'll trip down. Nah, there's not much, not much, not many bad things to say about Dan. He's a good guy. So I heard he was talking mad shit about you. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> he's about to, we're about to get it out of him. Yeah. This is your chance. Yeah. No, Dan's a good guy, but just like everything else I said, you know, once, once the puck drops, I'm going to hit him in the nuts. Do my best. <laughs> Wait, say that again. Love it. I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do my best to light him up. That's for sure. Yeah. Good he's luck. Like, he's like six foot six. <laughs> guy's a giant. So. He's a monster. But John, we want to thank you so much. And you know, I hope to see you after the game. I'll be there. Uh, if we could link up after or something, that'd be yeah, awesome. Definitely. But come on, uh, come to the locker room afterwards after the win. Hopefully, I'm down. I got the FDMY puck line, so you better come through. <laughs> Hammer it! Hammer it! Let's go. Thanks, John. Love Appreciate it. it. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, boys. Very honored to now welcome on a friend of mine. We play a lot of men's league against one another, but we also played at the same college, Mercyhurst University. One of the legends in this game for the NYPD. I think you had a hat trick, what, two years ago? Nah, just a goal. Just one goal. Just one goal? Oh, it was Zay at that trick. My bad. Fucking up the introduction, so I'm not going to say anything else. But he's uh, he's in the technical assistance and response unit. Welcome to the show, Dan O'Donohue. Dan, what's going on? Sorry for fucking that up. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, it's, uh, I appreciate you guys having me. So uh, thank you for bringing me on and, you know, I guess talking a little bit about, you know, what we do and, and the game coming up here. So we asked John before, how many games is, is this going to be for you? Is this four? This would be my third game. Third. COVID, COVID years kind of set things back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I was in the academy. would have been my first game with COVID. Um, and then I guess – you know, two years layoff. So we played two last year, September 9th, and then April 30th last year. And now this April 15th game will be my third game. Mm-hmm. And we asked, I feel like we, we kind of got to ask some similar questions, but, you know, the emotion going from your first game to, you know, this game, how much has it changed? Obviously the scenarios are a little bit different, but now that you're, you know, fully comfortable, what's that? Your email popping off right now? The MIPD Slack? This is where my, my girl's friggin' uh, work laptop. It's the good. But yeah, I guess, you know, the emotion from game one to now game three. Can you talk about that feeling? Yeah, well, the, the first game, you know, was pretty exciting. Obviously, uh, you know, especially for me having a like, six-year hiatus from actually, like, playing a legit game to, to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so the emotions were pretty high for that one. Um, pretty excited going in. Um, and then obviously, you know, MSG, you know, you dream as a kid playing there. So, um, that was pretty cool playing at MSG, definitely nervous, you know, the first game. And then obviously kind of, as the game progresses, you, you settle in and, 
you know, this being my third game, it's, it's just another game, right? So um just trying not to, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> true. But, John's uh, going to game to, seven. No, O'Donnell is just another game. <laughs> just another game. You listen, I try to stay to uh, you know, even keel. But mm-hmm. uh no, this this game's gonna be pretty uh pretty legit. So um just like they all are, it's it's exciting. You know, it's easy to get up for though. So you, you just gotta find your legs and, and try to get into it early and you know, it's it's one game. So you really think about this game all year and the outcome of the game you think about until next year. So, you know, obviously you, you want a good outcome at the end of the day. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Yeah, totally. Hey, Dan. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, no. uh, yeah. So uh, adding to that a little bit, like how would you personally describe the intensity of the game? This is your third one. Um, and honestly, how important it, is it for you guys to get the win this year and, and really try and snap the fire department's win streak? Yeah, we got the fire department yeah. puck line. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I, I might roll with you guys. Listen, take us. We'll, uh, you know, help you help you with the payout. But um, <laughs> no, this is uh, begin to describe like this. This game means everything for everybody. Like all year, all year, you're, you're kind of playing for this game. As many times as Johnny and I played against each other in men's league this year, that essentially means nothing because we could win all those games and lose this game, and then it's a disappointing year. We could. Mm-hmm lose all the games against Johnny and then win this game and it's, it's success. Right. So mm-hmm. everything that we work for throughout the year from September all the way to April 15th is kind of geared towards this game, this one game, you know, uh, and then obviously, you know, uh, like I said before, you know, the outcome of this game, you think about from now until next year and, and it weighs on you. So obviously for us to get back on the winning, you know, the winning side of things, it's been a few years, I think for the boys, um, you know, with COVID and, I think there was a tie the year before, you know, I joined. Back. So, mm-hmm. and then I don't know. I think they no lost. OT. Oh, that was a whole nother story. MSG kicked us off the ice apparently. So what? Uh, the Knicks, yeah, the Knicks had a game. So oh. <laughs> I guess they had a, uh, they were on a time, you know, time constraint. So once that time hit, they were like, yeah, we're just kicking you guys off the ice. But um, so no OT, no shootout, nothing. So they just ended in a tie, which was, you know, hopefully we don't want, you know, that mm-hmm. ever again. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's definitely important for us to you know try to get back on the winning side of things and trying to get us going and you know derail that train that they got going over there. Yeah, as someone who played at you know such a competitive and, and high level of hockey, you know you played D one in college, you played a little time in the pro. How do you measure getting up for those games versus getting up for this game and just the overall level of competition? Because there are a lot of good players out there. I mean, you know, you could talk about your relationship with Matt Say. Also, that's a fun little rivalry you guys have. Um, but just the overall competition and, and, you know, the emotion. Definitely. Like I was kind of surprised after my first game, like how competitive it was and how everyone's, everyone's good. You know what I mean? Like there's really no, like, everyone knows how to skate. Everyone knows how to shoot. Right. It's, you know, maybe kind of the little things that separate, you know, certain guys from the next level. Right. So, um, but in terms of skill and, and ability, like everyone's kind of like right on the same playing field. Um, so, you know, that was kind of a little bit of a surprise for me um, after the first game. And then, you know, now, you know, they got a little younger. I think they got a few guys um, that they just picked up. And, you know, we, you know, we didn't really pick anybody up. And <laughs> They built through the draft. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, I don't think, not many people want to be cops nowadays. So um, hopefully that changes in the future here. But uh, so for them to recruit, it's, you know, it's a little bit easier for them to get guys. And, and us is kind of, a, you know, a little bit of a lull. But, you know, the pendulum will swing back at some point. But we just got to you know, come together and, you know, we have the right guys in the room. We have the, you know, the right personnel from, you know, the goalie all the way out. Um, we got four lines that can go and, 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 you know, we have like four sets of defensemen that are, 
that are pretty solid themselves. Right. But you know, you look at the other side and they got, you know, just as many guys that can skate and, and play. So there's really, I think the game, this is the 49th game. So over the years, right. It's just the, the skill level has gotten that much better, you know, through each game. Um, it's become more of a hockey game. I feel like back in the day, it was more just like a bloodbath. You, know, you just go out and try to kill guys and hopefully someone would score a goal and, and win the game. Right. But <laughs> uh. this, this was our last game at UBS was, as tight of a game that I've ever played in, in terms of, you know, back and forth, you know, teams playing lockdown D it was just like a struggle. I look back, I'm like, everyone just played the right way. Right. So we'll see what happens this game. I think, you know, you got to have that same mindset going in and, you know, last game was an OT loss. Right. So one shot, one bounce could have went the other way. And, you know, we're talking about a different outcome to that game. Right. So um, that's kind of where we're at. Um, you know, and obviously I got my boy, Maddie Zay on the other side there. So we were roommates at the Hearst for, for a couple of years and, I'm actually looking at my wall right now. I got, I got like 30 pictures of me and Maddie and, and the mm -hmm. boys from us here. Was, was Johnny uh, with you guys? No, you're after. Uh, what oh, were you, you two years after? You guys? Two I years was, after uh, 2018 to 2020. I was just there for two years. Mm. I was, yeah. Okay. I was 2010 to 14. So four years after. Mm. So you, okay. you know, you had a little stint. All right. You, a couple, a couple games from a car at UMass and you came over there yeah. to the Hearst. Yeah, he yeah. drove me right out of there. <laughs> yeah, you you lucked out. Johnny didn't have to annoy the shit out of you, but mm -hmm. I, I get to deal with him. No, he's he's the best. But um, I'll never say that again. Um, anyway, <laughs> so at, to add a little bit to that, you know, you you played a couple years in the pros. Uh, you know, at what point, I guess, in your career or uh, you know, post career, did you essentially decide to transition to joining the NYPD? And like, you know, did you always know? Um, I, I guess not, obviously you didn't always know, but at what point did you know, like, Hey, maybe this won't work out. Like I need to start thinking about something else. And then, you know, when did, when did the NYPD kind of, uh, come to focus there? Well, uh, for me growing up, there was two things I want to do in life. It was play hockey and be a cop, right? I kind of grow up, I grew up in a family where, you know, we, we come from a long history of, of cops. I guess you could say it's the, the family business. So, <laughs> uh, my grandfather, you know, my, my uncles, you know, a couple uncles, cousins, right? So uh, in my mind, it was always after I was done playing hockey, I was just going to be a cop, right? So my second year pro, when I got traded to Pittsburgh's organization, I was in Wheeling and we were uh, in the conference finals against South Carolina and I blew out my shoulder. So I tore my labrum. Then we ended up winning that game seven and I played six games with a torn labrum. So my shoulder was messed up for those six games and we ended up losing to Allen in six. After that, I went home. I got surgery, rehabbed. You know, Dr. D. Christine up in Syracuse, he took care of me, put my shoulder back together. And then in that time of getting to know Dr. Dang, D. Christine up in Syracuse, his kid played 16U for the Syracuse Stars. So mm -hmm. he was like, listen, like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't, I don't do anything. I just come, you know, rehab my shoulder, you know. He's like, do you want to come coach um, the Syracuse Stars 16U team? I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Kind of gave me something to do up there. Um, and from that process, I got into coaching, which – to me, I fell in love with him. At that point in time, I kind of knew it was, you know, the playing days were, were kind of behind me. I didn't want to come back and you know, blow out my shoulder again. Then I was in another six months of on the shelf or whatever. So um, I kind of went the coaching route. And when I went the coaching route, that's when I decided it was time, you know, to look more at a career and, and take the NYPD test. So that's when I took the test. And it's, it's a little bit of a process. It takes like three years to get on and maybe a little quicker now, because like I said, no one really wants to be a cop anymore. So they might expedite that process a little bit. But when I took the test, it was like two or three years from the time I took it to the time I got a call to, to be a cop. So I was coaching and that kind of transitioned me out of my playing days into my cop. Mm. You know, yeah. Career. So it's yeah, not like not. 21 Jump Street. 
Not no. quite. <laughs> Torn labrum suck, dude. Yeah. I, I actually have one. I've had one for like 10 years or 12 years. Yeah. I toured in, I toured in college and they were like, the problem is I have a, bu- I have a bunch of friends who tore their labrum too. I actually tore mine in ho- doing playing hockey as well. And, um, right. I fucking tore it. And, and basically like, you know, they were like, Hey, you can either get the surgery. There's, there's probably a good chance at some point it might fucking tear again or you just make your you know your back strong as possible and whatever rehab it and just go around life and like mine's in a spot mine's in the front so they were like it shouldn't affect you that much unless you have like crazy pressure on like an overhead motion and i've lived with it for like 12 years now right that was that was the thing too though when i when i did get the surgery the doctor was like listen like you could do you could go that route and do the pt and try to strengthen the muscles around it or the ligaments around it or you know, that's not really conducive to your lifestyle. Because if I was to go back and play again, he was like, yeah. chances are once you get hit again, it's coming out, yeah. right? So yeah, he was like, let's just do the surgery, you know. And then at the end of the day, the surgery kind of – I think everything happens for a reason, right? So my life kind of changed after that surgery um, and, yep. you know, led me to different avenues in life. And, you know, here I am. So I, I really wouldn't change it for the world. Just going to say the only pro I'm playing is fucking NHL on, on Xbox. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about that. Oh, D, I want to go back into the traditions of the game. You know, we heard a little bit from the FDMY side. Uh, is there any like pregame or, or postgame rituals that the NYPD does, you know, just to kind of fire you guys up? Um, you know, the locker room, obviously, before the game, I imagine is super emotional. And, um, you know, flipping that switch to get into the game, I, I imagine, is, is pretty tough also. So the, yeah. the traditions you can share the night before, stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, I try to treat it just like another game, like uh, whether it's college or pro, try to eat the same thing, get the same amount of sleep, wake up, do the same, you know, kind of go through the same routine that I had planned. But in terms of like a team, you know, we'll have guys come into the locker room, whether it's uh, our police commissioner, you know, a bunch of chiefs, executives, they'll come into our locker room and shake our hands, you know. So we all, we know it's a big game, you know, they're all in the stands and obviously we want to perform well for them. Plus our friends and family are there. So you don't want to disappoint them. Um, And then obviously when we get onto the ice, they do the whole ceremony, which is, that's pretty emotional, right? You know, you, you get a bunch of, uh, you know, line of duty, um, deaths, whether it's from the fire side or the, or the police side. Right. So kind of puts things in perspective when you're, you know, really on the ice and, you know, that's why we're playing, right. To, to kind of raise money for, for these people. Um, so in terms of those traditions, like we'll always keep those going, which is, I think, you know, creative. And obviously we all, we all got our you know personal reasons why we play and uh, you try to remind yourself why you're, why you're really out there, you know? So my partner actually, um nadine she's kind of going through cancer right now so mm-hmm. i got her you know nay strong so i'm gonna try to support her during the game and you know like i said we all have reasons why we play so i try to keep her in the back of my mind while i'm out there is she gonna be there unfortunately she's not gonna be there i spoke with her today so um you know she can't risk with the chemo treatment and things like that to mm-hmm. go out and, and get sick so but she'll be there in spirit so i'm sure she'll be you know on the the barstool feed and, and watching from home yeah, yeah. well yeah speaking of that definitely praying for her and and, spe- and speaking of the barstool feed what's what's the process been like with their documentary i mean it hasn't come out yet it comes out the week of the game you know this is also yeah. going to come out the week of the game so we're not going to like spoil anything but uh right, right. you know i've never had a documentary filmed about me so what's that process been like How, how's that I mean, been it's been it's been quite the experience uh this whole year so um we have sean Sean Puzo, he's a producer for, for Barstool. So he does, you know, I, I just want to give him his credit because he's been working on this project for well over a year, you know, trying to set things up and, you know, get the footage he needs and then obviously piece it together. Um, so he's been putting a lot of work in for Barstool. And, uh, you know, he just kind of comes to practices, our games. Um, 
he comes on our trips and I know he does the same for the FD side. So uh, he's just gathering all sorts of, you know, cool stories, you know, off the ice. And I think he's just trying to bring to light, like, listen, yeah, we're cops and firefighters, but at the end of the day, we're, you know, normal people, you know, when we take off the uniform. So um, I think players. that's the whole, yeah, we're hockey players, you know, hockey players that, you know, don't get paid that much, but um, <laughs> he's, uh, no, he's done a great job and I'm excited for it to come out too. So, um, you know, I think actually it's coming out. Don't quote me, but I think it's supposed to come out next week sometime. So oh, wow. we'll see if it's a little bit earlier than, the, you know, the week of the game. So, but uh, I'm, no, I'm excited to, to see what he put together. And I think the product's going to be really good. And I think it's going to, you know, kind of open some people's eyes to, you know, really what we do throughout the year. You know, it's not just one game, right? We're actually, you know, we're putting a lot of time and effort into, into being on this team, you know, time away from our families and, you know, uh, you know obviously with work, it's, it's tough to kind of balance everything, but we definitely are dedicated to it. Congrats yeah. to the newborn, by the way, right? You just had a kid. Yeah. Yeah. He's four months old now. So oh, congrats. It's uh, getting big. Thank you. Yeah. He'll be at the game. So his first one, so he'll, he'll be there. The good, warm, good warm up content yeah. on the glass. Yeah. 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 Just getting a couple, couple photos, a couple Instagram mm-hmm. photos. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be good. You need, you need that for the, for the feed. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. The likes. <laughs> that's why you had a kid before the game, right? Just for the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Just for the game. Yeah. I'm going to give him away after the game. um i I wanted to ask you a little bit about you know transitioning off of hockey like what what's your day-to-day like i mean you know can you walk us through a little bit about like what you do and you know with the nypd and precinct and everything yeah for sure so like i said i just got transferred from the 106 precinct over to taru so um it's a different kind of walk of life where you know i'm not in a uniform anymore i don't want to say undercover i'm more of like a technician i guess you can say like if Mm -hmm. any footage needs from certain cameras that are located in the city you know whether it's a homicide a robbery whatever you know if that camera looks like it got that crime that was committed we'll go help pull that video footage and you know we'll hand it over to the detectives and you know who are handling the case so we kind of assist in that in that regard um you the guy in the chair what's that you know the famous guy in the chair who's just sitting and staring at the hundred different screens pulling pulling footage <laughs> no not like that but we, we uh <laughs> You know the movies only always. Yeah, you see all those. Movies. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Don't we got a couple of We're on to you now. We're on to you, Danny boy. <laughs> it's own sort of work. You know what I mean. I'm not a firefighter. But I don't. You know, I don't get to just sit around all day and do nothing. So I still got to do work <laughs> in, in a way. But, We're waiting you know, for the church. It's it's definitely a better. Quality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those guys do nothing. Man. What a job. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's kind of what I do um, on my day to day basis. Um, and then you know, like I said, I'm trying to balance that, but you know between the family here and um, coaching my kids, my 10-year team. It's it's a lot to handle sometimes, but you make it work. And I know, obviously, you're uh, you know, you're know still involved in the game. You're still a big Rangers fan. We haven't really talked about, you know, the Rangers this year yet, but, uh, you know, what do you think of the team? You've been, ha- you've been going on any games at all or no? Like, do you believe in this team that they can get it done? Because, you know, we're trying to kiss yeah. ass right now to either get in the fire truck for the parade or the cop car for the parade. So, you know, whichever well, I mean, one. I'm telling you right now. I've been saying it for the last few weeks. I was like, I might be working a parade this year. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping they get it done. They got the team to do it. If there's ever a year for it to happen, it's this year. This um, year. They got to do it this year, man. I think they yeah. have the best goal in the world, right? So that obviously helps. And, you know, they got depth up front, all four lines can score, plus the power mm-hmm. play is good. So if that's in the playoffs, they're going to be a tough out. Um, obviously, you I think quit. they oh, sorry. were. What's that? No, I was just saying you hit Twitch. No, I was, I was going to say something. I thought he paused for a second. I was going to say you played against Truba when you guys played Michigan at Mercyhurst, right? 
No, he was uh, – I think he was after I, me. He was yeah, he was after me. Because that was my freshman year we played them. We played – who was on the team? Hagelin. Carl Hagelin was on that team. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, Love tags. I'm a little older. I'm a little older, Johnny boy. I didn't realize that. My bad. Yeah, what like, are you, 31? 32. 32. 32? Okay. Yeah, okay. So you're a little – I'm, I'm, I'm older than Johnny, too. He's a little uh, baby boy. I'm 30, so – yeah, that that three zero life. My last question for you, uh, Dan. You know, staying on the Rangers a little bit. Like growing up, obviously, you, I'm sure you loved him as a kid. Like, who was your guy then, and you know, who's your guy now? Wow. Okay. So growing up, man. Uh, I guess when I first started watching hockey, when my dad was around the '94 season, right? So I was three. Kind of have a little remembrance of of going outside honking the horn. You don't remember shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was but apparently my guy I was, I was my guy one then, and a half. Apparently my guy then was Boogaboom, Jeff Boogaboom. So mm-hmm. I wore twenty-three was my first roller hockey jersey. And then I transitioned to Pavel Bure. So I wore mm-hmm. nine for a bit. He was a stud. And then I guess my guy now, who, who would be my guy now? Oh man. It's hard to go against the kid line. I root for them a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I would have to say one of the kids, you know, I, I pull for those guys, but the Rangers, they just have so many studs right now. So it's hard to pick one guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I think, I think they got the team to do it. So it's just a matter of you know, putting it together, getting hot at the right time and, and getting it done. Like I said, if I'm working that day, call me up. I'll pull oh, you yeah. right to the front line. Oh yeah. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be chugging beers with Adam Fox. So just, just don't arrest me for public intoxication. A couple in your pockets. Buddy, you don't got to worry about that. I don't have handcuffs anymore. I'm off patrol. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be drinking on the job too that day, I'm sure. This won't be water that day. <laughs> but, you know, I want to go back, uh, you know, just to the game a bit. You know, obviously it's been five years, I think, since the NYPD won, right? You know, we talked to John a little bit about that. What's the party going to be like this year if the boys pull out the win? Ah, man, win or lose, we booze, right? But I think... <laughs> Love I think we're still waiting for that 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 victory party, right? So mm-hmm. you know, Mulcahy's is going to be the spot, and after we get this win this year, it's going to be rocking. So I can't wait to experience uh, the after party after a win. I think it's going to be a little bit sweeter, right? Obviously, we all go out and have a good time, anyways, but it's just going to be that much sweeter when we win, right? So it's no mm-hmm. cell block on a Saturday, but I don't think they had cell block in their series when we were there. So you probably don't no. know what I'm talking about. Nobody, not a clue. Was it? What a time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like I said. Hopefully, we we get it done this year, April fifteenth. And what time is the game? Four fifteen, I think. Four thirty. Oh, really? I'm yeah. gonna be there. I wonder. Yeah, I'll be there. Good, I wonder good. if they'll put it on MSG Go. No, it's Barstool. Oh, Barstool is broadcasting the whole game. Barstool, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I'll stream it. You know, just as far as stories go, is there anything you know personally that relates to you to this game where? You know, I guess a little more meaning. You talked about your family being super involved in the game. Like, is your dad played? You know, anything like that? No, yeah, no, no one, no family members played hockey. I was the only hockey guy in my family. My two brothers were lacrosse players, so I'm the only hockey guy. Um, like I said, it's just having my family in the stands, having my friends in the stands to experience that game with me. It's it's a game like no other, right? You, know, you sell out UBS in a matter of 20 minutes, right? It's it's the hottest ticket in town. Um, it's Game Seven Stanley Cup Finals, you know, atmosphere and Stand on the blue line looking around, and you know, the place is packed to the tits. You know, it's just full house, <laughs> and you just feel the fucking buzz right on the ice, and you feel the mm-hmm. energy. And just like, oh, this is this is what I miss about actually playing hockey, right? The, mm-hmm. the crowd, here. but me, important, you know, most importantly for me is having my family and friends there, and my kids, you know, my my uh, my 10U team 
you know, now they get to watch me play, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of experience it from that. And, you know, like I said, you know, playing for my girl Nay this year and, you know, that's going to be on my heart, obviously. So uh, that's kind of, that's kind of how I approach the game this year. And, you know, and obviously want to win, you know, I hate, I hate losing. What's been your favorite memory for the first two games that you played in? You know, either I, I think you, who'd you interview with Linda Cohen? Was it Linda that you talked yeah, to? Him uh, that was sick, huh? Yeah, I spoke with Linda. That was a legendary moment. Um, which is kind of funny. Like we'll go back and forth a little bit on like Instagram and stuff. Every now and then. I got actually, I got a picture of her somewhere in my. Was that when got, you had the hat trick? He had one. We <laughs> yeah, that up. Yeah, that's my bad. Zay had the hat trick. Right? So that was that was cool too. So I had that. Uh, Zay, I think Zay had two. He's a yeah, but his his goals were dusty. They weren't as nice as mine. So I, I put a little forehand back in a five hole, and then uh, mm-hmm. got a little interview from Linda Cohen in between the you know from in between the glass with Bucci and on the call, you know. So you know having Bucci kind of you know uh, message me on Twitter after the game saying you know you're you're fun to watch. That was a pretty cool moment. Um, that's awesome. Uh, that was that's probably my most memorable moment um, from two games that I played in. So you know anything you want to say to like. Our listeners, Ranger fans, uh, you know, floor is yours before we, we wrap it up here. Yeah, like I said before, I think this is the year we do it. So let's go, Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'll be tuning into the game. Game starting probably in five minutes. Yeah. Puck drop yeah. here. So this is the year both of you do it. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be a good year. 20, what year is this? 2023? Yeah, let's go. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. We're not sure at this point. And, uh, <laughs> and after the game, I'll come down and get my PBA card. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Need to be a car. Let's go, and then you can meet us at uh, Mulcahy's for the uh, the after party for the victory. I'll be there. I'll be there. That'd be awesome. Love but Dan, yeah, we want to thank you so much, and uh, you know we're rooting for you. You know, rooting for everybody. That's what this, like, this game is all about, right? Like we want to see everyone do well and yeah. and have a good time. But yeah. um, no, this and is your awesome. lady as well, you. man. Best uh, you know, best wishes there too for sure. Appreciate. It. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me. And like I said, kind of promoting this game a little bit and uh, getting some word out there on it. So it's uh, should be a good one and. Hopefully, uh, it's entertaining for everybody. Get after it, brother. Thanks, Dan. We'll do it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. We want to thank our boys once again, John Peretta and Dan O'Donoghue, for hopping on. Really cool to hear each of their perspectives on this incredible game and incredible event. Super excited to be there on Saturday. We're not really going to talk much more, uh, just because you know everything is pretty much set in stone playoffs wise. Cody, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? No draft today. Yep, a little long, so. We're just going to wrap no, the episode up. Big, uh, you know, big thanks to our two boys over there, and it's going to be a great game. I honestly wish I could watch, but I'll be in Scottsdale at a fucking day club having the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a cigar. But, but, um, but no, seriously, like, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's great for the city that that these kinds of things happen. I love it. Um, you know, and and let's just, uh, for the Rangers, let's, let's fucking gear up for playoffs and let's get ready to do this thing. All right, Cody, send it off. LFGR, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.